Country Podcast Edition. I've always been around great songwriters and artists my whole life. I'm Michael Knox. Welcome to my world. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jason Aldean, and you are listening to my boy Michael Knox on Knox Country Podcast. Welcome to the Knox Country Syndicated Radio Show Podcast. I am here with David Lee Murphy, one of my favorite, if not the favorite, singer-songwriter in town. Hey, hey. I've known David a very long time, but I didn't get to, like, hang with you back in the day, you know, like back when your first album came out and things like that. But I was always a monster fan and always followed you around and... The old school CRSs would be out at Opryland Hotel, and I'd follow y'all around when you do the party crowd. Yeah, the party crowd <laughs> kind of <laughs> display out there where y'all would walk yeah. around and do your thing. So we were jamming, but we hung out. We hung out back in your publishing days when you were when you were working down at Warner Chapel. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, well y'all would come by and look for songs, yeah. and but you were writing such great stuff too. That that's when I was pulling up, man. In 1994, your first album came out. That out with a bang. And it was a gold record, but you had four top 40s. But the big one that changed everything for me, which was a huge influence on me, was Dust on a Bottle. Thanks. Yeah. I changed everything for me, too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but but that's still the top. I mean, when you look at the recurrent airplay of a song, that thing's still like in the top 50. Yeah. You know what's really crazy, too, is like like you can go to way up in uh, northern Alberta and play at an Indian reservation. You can go down to Australia way down at the tip of australia you can go to europe you can go to south america and what's really crazy and it's it's hard like we we write songs every day and we go you know you always would dream of having a song that a whole bunch of people i always thought i I wanted a song like help me make it through the night if i could write for the good times or help me make it through the night or one of those songs and um songwriters just want to have a song that you know, somewhere leaves a little mark on something. That song's an anthem. Oh, dude, that song's a huge anthem. I mean, it, it changed my vision for getting into country music as a producer because before then, country music was a lot of steel guitar, a lot of cool stuff. Like, I mean, and there's nothing wrong with all that. You know, I, I just still get tarred the heck out of Drowns the Whiskey, you know, but... um, but <laughs> And, that, and that, that's good. That's but, a good thing. But but that brought a kind of a rock and roll aspect, the way those acoustics and things like that came off on that on that kind of cut, man. That, that, that brought a whole different kind of aggression, I think, to our format. I think part of that was I wrote that playing bar chords, you know, yep. those are bar chords on the acoustic, and um, most of the time people were playing open chords like D and A and G, and that was just jamming, you know, acoustic guitar bashing. I like how people play that song today like they wrote it and they weren't even born when it was number one. You know, God like, bless them. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad. So 1994 is when your artist career started. And how long were you cutting records? When my artist career actually started back in the 80s, just nobody knew it. <laughs> <laughs> Back in 94 is when you're out with a bang, uh, you know, um, came out the album that went gold. And then you had dust on a bottle and then you were nominated for, you know, top new male vocalist at the ACM Awards. So everything. You notice he said nominated. Yes. Which means you lost. Yeah. Do, do you remember <laughs> who you were? It's a pleasure to be nominated. <laughs> stuff was, is just Like you're nominated for a, a Grammy, which means you, you got second. Because <laughs> do you remember who you were up against? Yeah, I do. Um. And the guys are Brian White and Wade Hayes. And Brian White won, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was Asylum Records, and he had a he, he came had, out of the box too. Yeah, he did. He had a great run. So your second album came out, 
you know, for MCA Records and, and all that was coming out while the nominations and things like that were happening. You were at MCA for how many albums? Three. Three albums? And that ain't when you decided to start writing for other people, did it? Or were you still doing the artist thing, you know, looking no, for... No, I was, I was still doing... Um, I was still playing, but I wasn't really... Um, I had made a conscious decision at that point. I was like, okay, um, I'm just going to write songs and you know see what happens instead of like pursue another record deal i mean i had been approached um after the mca thing about going with uh other labels and um i was just like you know what i i was just i was uh kind of dis disenchanted a little bit and uh so i just started writing songs and just kind of regrouping trying to figure out i just didn't want to jump right back into a whole nother labeled kind of situation but back in the early 2000s you you did release a single called loco i did and man i heard that i i I know it was only like a top five maybe top two wasn't it yeah i went to five for five weeks yeah yeah and that's what i was gonna (laughs) say it got played i mean it was played so much that year it was crazy that had to be the first sign that there's still more in the tank yeah i was with a indie label here in town we had radio really pulling for us and i remember going to the acms and um i was running into buddies out there i remember uh, running into rascal flats out there and the guys and they were going david lee man you're back that's awesome and and you know and i knew that we only printed like you know five thousand records we (laughs) but we stayed at we were in the top 10 for 10 weeks for back in those days was was pretty cool i mean they didn't really have a lot of like 20 plus week records you know it went up there and then it went away and um we got to number five and stayed there for five weeks and almost backed into number one (laughs) but we ran out of gas and uh everything above us i remember uh watching the charts and like everything above us was coming out and we were we thought the guys were like we might be able to back into number one but we lost our bullet too so me and you go back i'm a huge fan i'm a big superstitious guy so on every one of jason's records i cut a david lee murphy song except one album and that's been our least selling album (laughs) of all of them so i'm a huge superstitious cat so you're probably safe getting a cut on all my stuff whenever we can do it i'll try as hard as i can I, i don't know if you know this but i've cut 14 of your songs i didn't know that yeah from jason aldean big green tractor the only way i know sweet little something uh, I took it with me, uh, missed that girl, walk away, walking away, just passing through. I break everything I touch, Lonesome USA, and then Montgomery Gentry, that's just living, ain't no law against that. Frankie Ballard, um, get on down the road, Josh Thompson, way out here, a name in this town. Man. I tell you, I'm your biggest fan in this town. So I'm, I'm your biggest fan. It is kind of creepy. You better watch. I'm your biggest fan. <laughs> so I That's have awesome, to, man. That, I have that, to cut a David Lee Murphy song when I'm producing a project. I'm going to get just load up load up (laughs) bring the truck unload it over now we have a wrinkle in the problem you got all these years you know 2011 you were second place again you were a nominee for songwriter of the year at the acm (laughs) 
yeah. at the ACM Awards. But you might nominated. want to set that up a little bit better. And, <laughs> and then, yeah. and then the only way I know won me an ACM Award, you know, for Collaboration of the Year, which was an awesome time to be there and seeing them open the show with it that year and everything. I don't know. Were you at the awards that year? No, I didn't even know that uh, it was Collaboration of the Year. So I just learned that. Yeah, I, I, nobody I, I, sent me like one of those little records or you know where it says Collaboration of the. Yeah, what, what I kept mine at my mine's at my house. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take you a picture of it and send it to you. But uh, but now after all this time, this year you're nominated for a collaboration at the, at the at the CMAs 2018 CMAs That's for crazy. you and Kenny Chesney. Um, everything's going to be all right. Now you and Kenny have had a very long relationship as yeah. well. I mean, he's cut a few of your songs as well. He has uh, going going way back. Well, actually, the, the first song he cut of mine was called "Just Not Today," and uh, and that was on. I can't remember the album that it was on, but in two thousand, uh, probably six, maybe two thousand six, he did uh, "Living in Fast Forward," hmm. and that thing just that was the first Kenny Chesney hit that I had, and. Uh, I remember hearing that song for the first time. I was at, I was playing at the Opry. I was doing a show at the Grand Ole Opry, and uh, one of the guys from the record company came in, and uh, he had Kenny's new album, and he said, "Have you heard your Kenny Chesney cut?" And I go, "No," and I knew he had cut "Living in Fast Forward," and he goes, "Man, you want to go out and listen to it in my car?" I go, "Hell yeah!" <laughs> so we go out there, and and he played he played "Living in Fast Forward," and it, I, it knocked me out. Yeah, I, it was such a great cut. I go play it again. I made him play it to me like three or four times. But that's and that's probably my speakers, favorite Kenny Chesney song. His speakers have never been the same after that because I probably pushed him a little hard. But that's my favorite Chesney tune is "Living in Fast Forward." I mean, we whenever we were looking for records, man, we would always say, "Man, I need to live in and fast forward." I need that. They they cut the heck out of it. This is David Lee Murphy. You're listening to Knox Country. Podcast. Podcast. Do you remember the first cut you got by an outside artist? The most memorable one was Reba back in 80, like 3 or 84. Wow, that was before. That's when she still wore a rodeo buckle. <laughs> yeah. What was that song? It's called Red Roses Won't Work Now. And... uh I came up with that idea when I was probably about 19, and uh, it was one of the first songs. I wrote it with Jimbo Henson, yeah. and I and uh, my landlord had sold a house to Jimbo and his wife. They said, we need to get you hooked up with this guy, Jimbo Henson. He's written all these great songs, and I go, yeah, man, he wrote, he wrote Fancy Free and something else, and... Um, uh, bunch of broken trust and brenda lee and and i was like yeah so so i had this idea red roses won't work now and um and i went over there and i played that course and he's like wow and then he just wrote the verses and reba cut it and uh so that was the first song that i ever re- really remember you know that was like wow she was like female vocalist of the year that year so so have you only I mean was this something that you knew you wanted to do from day one or did you kind of fall into the whole songwriting artist no I I I started whenever I started coming to Nashville I was like 19 
and uh, I live I was from Southern Illinois which is like three hour drive so I would drive down here and the first time that I recorded anything I cut some demos out of Bradley's barn and uh, a friend of mine whose dad was a old country songwriter he uh, he just called Harold Bradley out of the blue and said man I want you to listen to these songs and, and uh, so we went down to Bradley's barn and Harold Bradley was basically the producer and uh, so we went out there and cut three songs and we took them around on those seven and a half IPS tapes you know yeah it's <laughs> really fun that's great I mean I remember there was still uh, props on the wall from uh, Loretta Lynn doing the Coal Miner's Daughter movie and yeah. then Bradley's Barn Barn, you know, years, yeah, yeah. a few years later. So when did the record deal come into play? I mean, were you, you know, were you looking for a deal? Were you doing some independent stuff and they heard it? Yeah, I had uh, I had been passed on by everybody in town like two or three times. Like we had tried to get a deal early on. Like I, whenever I was young, like they didn't want to sign young guys. You had to be 40. You had to look like Waylon or Willie or Merle. I mean, you had to have some wrinkles and scars and, you know, <laughs> your heart about to stop, you know, because those guys live that way, you know. And, um, I mean, everybody's like, yeah, man, it's like, bring bring us some, some more songs, you know. You know, you get a little older and, you know, so. But, like, what I was doing was probably um, a little edgier country-wise than what they were ready for at the time. Um it was four-piece band sounding, you know, rocking country stuff. And it just wasn't ready. You know, they weren't ready for that. And, uh, you know, as time went on, uh, I guess I just fit in the program a little better. Yeah. Now, what was the soundtrack? Uh, eight seconds? Eight seconds. Yeah. yeah. And, and what was the song you had? Just once. Yeah, because that's the first thing jason brought up to me when we were looking early on when he was wanting to be an artist you know and we were at warner chapel whatever first thing he brought up was that that movie and that song and he goes man i love that and then remember i called you and got you to write with him i remember and, and, and y'all that wrote was a, that, that was his developmental deal yeah wasn't yeah, it? yeah i mean he wasn't no he wasn't even signed yeah we had lost a deal <laughs> we had already lost one deal well no i think you got me i think you we got we got going with him before you lost the deal. I think the song that I that I helped him write lost the deal for. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was trying to remember the positive way. I was trying I'm to teasing. remember. I'm teasing. <laughs> no, no, but uh, but y'all, and then but then he started singing that one. That was one of the ones in his final showcase, and uh, you know what that he was doing. But yeah, that that was his first lock, and that's how I got introduced to you. Is is just through that eight second soundtrack, and then when your album came out. Um, I think your first first single was... My first single was Just Once. Then yep. it was Fish Ain't Biting. Yep, yep. And then it was Party Crowd. Yeah, now Party Crowd, that was like that was like forever at number one. Yeah, well, no, it went to number two. Did it not? <laughs> Did it really? <laughs> but it was the most played song of the year. That's what I'm saying. It was the most played song. Th- th- then that's yeah. what think I'm talking about. number two ain't about. bad? Huh? No, yeah, no. I mean, but that you. thing was on the charts forever. Yeah. That really, that was not... That no, it me. went... It was... Uh, it barely missed going number one, but uh, it was the R and R most played song. Well, yeah, that that that's so that's like the number one song. I'll take well, that. Back then, yeah, R- no joke. back then R and R was a chart. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. It's not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so they don't count like that. Like we had to say on, on our uh, then, like we had a couple of songs that went number one on other charts, and then those charts are gone now. So I'm starting to question you though. 
because like your songs are like losing deals closing charts you know it's yeah. like do yeah. you know but with you it's the opposite yeah you know he's actually good luck for you i got more label heads fired with jason <laughs> <laughs> every, every time somebody would offer him a deal they'd get fired yeah keith steagall mark mark wright yeah tony brown every time they somebody offered him a deal they got fired yeah Y'all you know, like the angel of death to some of these people. That's just what we do. <laughs> well, you just, I mean, that it, it's the nature of the business. You just, you got to be crazy enough to get in at the first place to think you can do this for a living. But then you just have to accept the fact that there's going to be a lot of trial and tribulation and you just got to take it. You just got to be able to live through it. So, man, you're, you're sitting here, you've gotten all these number ones as a songwriter you got the end. All these artists want to be David Lee Murphy. <laughs> you know, all these guys cut your songs. You go to number one parties, you know, huge awards, everything. And then you go, hey, man, I'm thinking about being an artist again and going on a radio tour. You know, what made you do all that again? It's fun. Yeah. It's fun. Do you, enjoy, you enjoy it? I do. I'm leaving, I'm leaving here tomorrow. And um, I'm going somewhere like Jackson, Mississippi, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to Memphis, and then I'm coming home and doing laundry, and I'm headed to Fort Worth and then to San Antonio. But those, I'm playing Fort Worth at Billy Bob's in San Antonio. I'm playing down in uh, Hilotus, Texas. But it's fun, man. I mean, I love it. I get, I travel around, and it's not really, it's not a radio tour um, per se, because when you're a new artist, you go to radio and you visit and you introduce yourself um this is it's really fun for me to go because i can sit there and play a whole bunch of songs and and do my songs and then do new songs and and it's uh it's it's a pleasure yeah it's a pleasure i mean i love going to cities and just i love going to the cool little restaurant and i like shutting down the cool bars and you know (laughs) and just and then people come out, and uh, I'm sitting with a handful of people somewhere playing music, and they might call. I go play uh, "Big Green Tractor," play "Only Way I Know," you know. And uh, it's fun. It really, it's it's a blast. I mean, we get in music to play and see people smile and be happy and have fun. Oh, well, they've got to love you coming to town and doing like a radio setup show because I mean, it's like it's David Lee Murphy. Well, a lot of times it, it'll be me and two or three other guys, and we'll, we'll it'll be a guitar pool, mm-hmm. you know. And that that's really fun because you can just get up there and you can play the song just just the way you wrote it, and talk about. Well, I was at my farm down there in Nashville one night on my tractor riding along, and I started singing this little thing like, "Take you for a ride on my big green tractor," you know, and talk about that and then that and then they go back out in the car and they listen to big green tractor and it's like you think about it oh in a different yeah way. i remember that mm-hmm. oh, so. Yeah. so but the original time you went through it was a whole different way of introducing yourself like you said now this time you feel like it's more on your own terms you can kind of mentally approach it in a way where it's like hey man i'm one of the guys already i'm just coming back and doing a you know remembering Oh situation. yeah, I'm. Oh, it's totally different. It's totally, totally different. Yeah, and because I remember Michael Tyler told me he did one of those guitar pulls with you that y'all were doing some radio yeah. together, and he says it's so funny because he sent me a picture of all the other writers filming you singing. It's <laughs> true, <laughs> and it was awesome because I'm like, and he goes, they weren't filming, they weren't filming me, you know, and and it was funny because because you're He's the really guy. He's really good. He does a great job too. 
uh, he he's he's really good. But it's funny how he was like, they're all filming you. All the other writers are in awe of you being there. So it's got to be a cool moment for you, man, because it's kind of like now it's on your own terms. You can do it the way you, you can do it at your own pace now. And it's it really is, man. It is fun. It's fun to go to different towns. I mean, you go to Milwaukee, you go to Boston, you go to Richmond, Virginia, you go to Roanoke, Virginia, you go to um you know anywhere denver how about the how about the crowds are the crowds different i mean but is it a different look now is it young and it's people that love i mean not to sound like cliche but i mean people love music people love country music but it's funny because people come up to me and go man i remember standing up in the front seat of my car my dad's truck driving down the road listening to party crowd or dust on the bottle and guys now like you know that's what I've noticed when I've seen videos of of your shows now. It's it's every age group and yeah, everyone is. is singing along and having a blast. It's really fun. Yeah. I mean, I I'm literally having a blast. I'm having a ball. And like Kenny, I've done some stadium dates with Kenny in um this summer. That was the trip around the sun tour that that they just wrapped up. And it's like we would be in some stadium like I was watching a football game yesterday. It's MetLife Stadium in New York. We played there a few weeks ago. And uh, just watching the football game, it's like, man, we played right there in that <laughs> stadium. And it was packed. You know, we come out there, and, and when we do, everything's going to be all right. And everybody's singing along. Like, all 60,000 people are singing, everything's going to be all right. And our arms are going back and forth. I was like, holy shit. Oh, excuse oh, my language. No. <laughs> <laughs> Knox Country Podcast Edition. Some of you know me as a record producer for acts like Jason Aldean and Thomas Rhett. Others know me as the son of rock and roll legend Buddy Knox, party doll fame back in 1957. I'm Michael Knox. Welcome to my world. You're listening to Knox Country Podcast. Hey, this is Keith Urban. What's up, y'all? It's your boys here, Florida Georgia Line. Hey, this is Little Big Town. And you're listening to Knox Country. You've entered Knox Country. Welcome back to the Knox Country Podcast. I love how you're so in awe of that, and I don't think you realize how many people are in awe of you. And even just, I I think your persona is bigger than you now. I mean, it's like, you know, David Lee Murphy, you know, the legend. (laughs) I don't know about that. I don't know about that. No, it's true. Because you're the one, you're you're the example that people use that they want to be, and you're still relevant. You know, uh, the only thing I can use, I, I cut a thing on Hank Jr. one time. And I remember forgetting I was in the studio with Hank Jr. And I remember pushing the button, talking to Adam Schoenfeld, my guitar player, and said, man, do me like a Hank Jr. lick here. (laughs) And then Adam joked back going, well, it would be a Hank Jr. lick. And it it hit me. And you're that guy that is current. You're a guy who we always sit here going, man, we need a David Lee Murphy thing. And you're here. You're relevant. And that's what's so so in awe about all this is that, like I said, man, I'm, I'm your biggest fan and you're still number one and you've been a part of my entire career you know so far so that's that's awesome that and and that that, that's what floors me and it makes me proud to be a part of it yeah you've had a huge impact on my career well just song wise i mean just me me trying to emulate you so if you want to say it that way that's great but all we do is try not to mess up your demo (laughs) (laughs) you did a pretty good job So now, how is how is your wife now with this new, or, or not new, but you know what? She's awesome. Is this like a new break for her, getting you out of she's the house? I was going to say, is she loving? Gonna go, she's like, <laughs> uh, aren't you getting ready to go out on the road again? Here 
<laughs> no, she's uh she she loves it, man. I mean, and it, and it it's fun because even back whenever I was on the road, as much as I was on the road, it kind of keeps your relationship, you know, fresh when you when you're gone for a little bit and you come back and you know, it's great. Well, and 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 the kids, they they didn't get to see you be that that dude. And now their dad has a number one hit. You're kind of popular again in their situation, in their deal. So is it cool for them? Is it is it neat for them to kind of see the resurgence of all this? Yeah, I think it's fun. They, they came to Nashville to the Kenny show when we played at uh, where the Titans play out there. And um, I think it was cool. I think it was cool for them to go out there and, you know, because now they're, you know, they're old enough to be out there and go, wow, man, there's like 60,000 people here, you know. But whenever they were kids, I don't, I mean, we don't really talk about it at home that much. Like when I come in, I remember uh, telling a story when Jesse, my oldest son, um, he was like, you know, maybe 10 years old or something like that. And we, we had just once came out and the Out With A Bang album was out. And I remember I was living in Ashland City and there was a little kid down the street and his mom had my CD or my cassette. <laughs> Sorry, she had the cassette, and uh, she asked Jesse, "says Your dad uh, uh, having? Uh, would you get your dad to sign uh, my cassette for me?" And uh, and Jesse goes, I, "I don't know if he's got a, a cassette or whatever." And she goes, "No, I've got a cassette, and would you take it down, take it down to your house and have him sign it for me?" And he goes, "Yeah." And he, I heard this screen door slam in the back. We lived in this little two-bedroom, ten-roof house in Ashton City. And he goes, Dad, have you got an album out? And I go, yeah. <laughs> he goes, so-and-so's mom down there wanted to know if you'd sign uh, her album. I go, yeah, I'll sign it. So they he were oblivious. He, he was oblivious. Yeah. So they didn't know how cool you were. Or care. <laughs> <laughs> Do they now know how cool you are? I, I don't. I don't. I don't think. I don't think uh, your dead. kids ever think that about your parents. <laughs> you, that's just who they are. So, so what is? I mean, this is obviously. You know, you're like you got so much more that you're fixing to do. I mean, what do you see is coming up? What do you see is next? What do you see is fixing to come down the pipe? Man, I never speculate. That's my rule: is just take every uh, one as they come, cause uh, then you don't kind of hype it. But we're just gonna play. We're gonna. We got a new song out there right now called "I Won't Be Sorry," which is like uh, I don't know. My my new thing is this is the one that you learn to play air guitar. If you don't know how to play air guitar yet, this is the one you need to, <laughs> to learn because it's it's like an air guitar little rocker and uh i don't there's not a whole lot that sounds like that there's not a lot of things that sound like it on the radio right now so it's a little bit different and uh you know hopefully it'll catch on but we're just uh we got our new record out there no zip code and um that's pretty much i'm, I'm just out there playing and um, i'm gonna do a little um tour this fall with jake how's that gonna be when when you leave the stage, how's that going for Jake? <laughs> uh, he, I, I'm sure he's going to be all right. <laughs> I'm just, I'm happy. At, we're we're going to have a ball. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just. Uh, Has he ever cut any of your stuff? Before? Oh yeah, you got a big a big Jake Owen song yeah. anywhere with you. There yeah. it is. So I won't be able to do that one in my show. <laughs> but no, but I mean that, that's the fun thing about uh, our shows, our live shows nowadays, because we can do 
you know, my older things, you know, party crowd, dust on the ball out with a bang loco, all that stuff. And then we can do uh, Big Green Tractor and Only Way I Know and uh, stuff like that. Yeah, you and, have monster hits. And they're fun. They're fun <laughs> to, to the do. the table, yeah. You know, so um, like just going to uh, a show and we do our stuff and then we get to throw a bunch of those hits from some other guys in there and it and it's a fun night when you were doing that when you got away from being you know the artist for those years and you were just writing a lot did, did you like getting in the room with the new artist or was it oh, more yeah, man. or were I, you I, enjoying the the writer aspect uh did i did i like getting in the room with the other with the new artist yeah, yeah. oh yeah i like it um i still do because uh i know how it was whenever i was coming up and uh there there's a lot of there's a lot of things that that you don't know about that you think you know about and you know hopefully like i can shed some sort of light on things for guys you know that that are coming along and just make it easier on them you know when you're writing have you ever sat across the room from a new artist real early on in their career and just knew it was going to happen for them and then a couple of years down the road these guys are huge i mean have you ever have you ever really kind of seen that firsthand yeah yeah yeah, like Luke. I mean, uh, actually, uh, Jason. You know, I thought Jason. I, in fact, I remember Jason playing me uh, his demo of Hicktown. Yeah. And I was like, hey, I think that's going to be a hit. I mean, it sounded like a hit. And then you wrote a lot early with Luke as well, you said? Well, I, I, I wrote with Luke. Luke had a deal. I mean, he was a new artist, and I wrote with Luke. But he hadn't really busted out, you know. But, uh, yeah, man, there's been a bunch of guys over the years that I've written with. and um, Just uh, Josh Thompson was another one. I, I, I thought he was really really talented guy still, you, you know, just by the songs he's written lately. Yeah. I love him. And, yeah, and he's uh, kind of finding his second win, too. Yeah, man, he's, well, he's a talented writer, and he's, he's, an, he's an artist. And um, those guys, uh, they've got all the potential to um you know do whatever they want to do and everything just works out in its own way so who's your um who's your big go-to kind of calls when you have ideas that you're really working on you know songwriter wise man there's so many guys that um that i write with i write with uh rodney clausen i write with shane minor i write with uh uh chris stevens his new guy um matt dragstrom i'll write with him um Jimmy Yeary, uh guys are just so many. I mean, there's a bunch of guys that I yeah. write with. So you don't have like one little team. You you kind of spread it I, around. Yeah, I do. I mean, I don't just I don't like just write constantly with one person. But that's the artist in you, I think. You know, because some of the best the best songwriters in town are artists. You know, not necessarily artist artists, but they're artists at what they do. I mean, Jim Collins. I've written a, a bunch with yep. Jim Collins, and there's Ben Hayslet. With Ben, he's next. Yeah, but yeah, he's coming in right after you. Ben um, and I write a lot, and it's just guys like that. I I feel like um, that I've got a lot in common with, you know. Yeah. You know, people I've got things in common with, and we sit around and drink coffee and talk about football, baseball, basketball, hunting, fishing, loving every day. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> ah. Shit, I got credit for that song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
guys, it's Shalacy. Check us out on the web at KnoxCountry360.com or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at KnoxCountry360. How long have you and uh, Doug Kasmus been working together? Oh, man, known since each the other? 80s. Since the 80s. How did that relationship develop? Because he's still with you to this day. Yeah. I mean, he's... I've got the same. I've got the same manager. I got the same agent. I don't make a lot of changes. <laughs> when you're you, you're a self-published yeah. writer too. Well, what which I was, think is a horrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> Have you always been like that? Have you always? Yeah, pretty much. That's amazing, though. Well, what happened was the way I met Doug was uh, I was going to SIU Southern Illinois University, and uh, I heard about this music class which was basically you take a three-hour bus ride down to nashville you party all the way down here you go in and you meet uh some publishing and tour some studios and you get three music hours out of it and um i thought well that's a pretty good way to get three hours of uh you know music credit which i needed and uh but i was coming i had already been down to nashville and cut the songs with uh, Harold Bradley and I was coming anyway so I thought well this is this is a good uh, excuse for me to just find out a little bit more about what I need to find out so the uh, the last project you had to do something for the class and my thing was I wrote three songs for the class and uh, the, uh, the there was a couple of guys that were going to judge your class project and the night that I was going to do my class project a guy by the name of Joe Sullivan who was partners with Charlie Daniels and they had a company called Sound 70 in Nashville and Joe couldn't make it that night and Doug worked for Joe and so Doug came out and filled in for Joe Sullivan that night and I played my three songs and he said uh, I think you ought to be an artist and I was like ah, I just want to be a songwriter which I really want to be an artist but I, <laughs> I was sandbagging I was sandbagging just those little bitty things changed yeah. your whole path him not showing up and Doug filling in for him. Yeah, did Doug look like Moses back then? No, nah, he looked like uh, some some other character, <laughs> but he didn't have the Moses vibe going in. I mean, y'all relationship has lasted a lot longer than yeah. a lot of marriages. Well, you know, um, in the music business, you find people that you trust and that you work with, and and you know that they got your best interest. Mm-hmm. And there's you know there's just all kind of nightmare stories about different people being you know whatever but uh doug was working with charlie uh and charlie's company and uh at the time and so i feel like i've got a little attachment Uh, my roots go back to charlie daniels so um i've got that little sentimental attachment to charlie but then there was charlie and there's dickie betts and all those guys out of that company that i got to know those guys uh you know so I got to write with Dickie, and, you know, th- those were, like, things growing up, you know, in your early 20s when you get to write with Dickie Betts and, you know, write with guys like Warren Haynes and, you know, yeah. stuff like that that just, like, builds that little little layers of whatever that is. And just to explain, I mean, Doug is kind of like your manager in a sense. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, yeah. and that's a lot of things. You don't see a lot of that in Nashville. You see it in publishers, but you don't necessarily see the this songwriter manager, you know. But you were doing that from day one, and yeah. and that's what benefited you because, like I said, you're you're you were more of an artist approach 
to how you wrote songs, you know, and that's the biggest compliment somebody can give you is when an artist cuts your songs, they're trying to be you. And that's what's so cool about it. Well, I think everybody just wants to try to write. You just want to try to write a song like I want to write a song like I would do it. And I think the writers that really um, are successful in town, they write something and you can hear it and you go, oh, yeah, that's that's how I want to cut it. Well, how are you with this new generation? You know, you it's kind of hard to get in a writer's room these days without three or four people. You know, I mean, I mean, does that does that affect your approach? No, I mean, I wrote a song with uh, two other guys today. And um, no, it's, I mean, a, a lot of my songs uh, I either wrote by myself or with another person, but then I've got two or three, uh, you know, that two that I'll, I'll have written with two or three guys too, you know. Yeah. And the, but, and, uh, and the new track generation, do you, does I that, like it. Yeah. yeah that's what I was going to ask. I mean, that, does that inspire you? It, it does. I mean, sometimes. Uh, sometimes I'd rather just sit down with a guitar and a notebook or, you know, sit around. I mean, now you can play into your cell phone and, you know, come up with ideas. But I like I like writing with track people. Um, I like going in the studio and cutting songs. It just, it all varies. I mean, I just... Yeah, so your, your approach is, and I hope I, I pat myself on the back, I'm still a fan at what I do. You know, and it sounds like you are a big fan of just everything you're doing, which I think is what sets you apart from a lot of people. Because sometimes they they get caught up in the business of it, and they and they don't stay a fan of what they what they're really getting to do. I mean, do do you feel that? I'm just lucky I get to do something that I love to do, and I'm a terrible businessman. <laughs> I'm terrible. I'm a terrible businessman. Well, but I, I, I do like to play. I like playing music. I like writing music. And that's that's all I'm about. That's all I care about is writing. It's like I'll get a day off. Like they'll say, okay, you got two days off. And I'll go, I can't sit still for like I got to go. I'll, I'll end up, you know, calling one of my buddies going, what are you doing? You want to write? You know. I mean, well, I would just, it, it floors me. And it amazes me how big your career is. And I'm not just saying this because of, Michael worked for a publishing company. But I mean that you and Casmus and your, you know, your family, your team have sort of contained everything. Um, you know, you're not affiliated with huge publishing companies like to pull strings and get you in here, get you in this camp. You just kind of do it. You know, or people are drawn to you. Well, it's not that I wouldn't. It's not that I wouldn't. Um, it's just that I've done it this way so long, I'm scared to change it. Yeah. You and know, I get that. I, I mean, I I've done that. it. I've done it. I mean, there, there's a lot of. I mean, I'd like to work with you. And some. Oh, don't I tell know, him that. He's gonna be I calling know, you. Someday I know we're gonna work on some sort of project together. Yeah. But I'm just scared to change my, my thing because mm-hmm. it's, it's just what I've done. It's like we're like uh, a backyard race car team. Like we build dirt cars in the backyard and we go race them somewhere. Yeah. It's like we we got motors hanging from chains and. You know, we're I mean, mom and pop, you know. Yeah. But that's the charm of why you're successful. Mm-hmm. We don't a, even have an office. I mean, that's what, I mean y'all have done so much. And, Do you, yeah. If you want one, I can help you yeah. with this, just so you know. <laughs> but, I mean, that's what's so amazing, that you guys have, have done it like that for so long and haven't been sucked into thinking you have to change 
or you have to, you know, join, you know, these big companies in order to be successful. You're kind of doing it your own way. Yeah. You know, and, and sort of like this this whole new uh, endeavor about, you know, getting back into the artist um, thing. You're kind of like, okay, I want to do it. So let's do it. Yeah. I, I mean, the most important thing is just write the best song I can write. And if, if I can't, if I can't do that, you know, it's just do the best you can do. But that's awesome. I mean, I was introduced to you 24 years ago. And 24 years later, you're still the coolest dude I know. <laughs> Thanks. And that's awesome. You know, And um, but dude, I, I love you being here. I know you got stuff to do. It's and my I, pleasure. I appreciate you coming here and hanging out. It's my pleasure. You know, this is more like me, German, no somebody way, that man. I'm a fan I'm, of. I'm, I'm so... I'm so thankful uh, of all the songs of mine that you've cut on Jason and uh, Josh and Frankie and uh, Montgomery Gentry and so much, so many uh, that I'm a fan of yours. So it's it's my pleasure to be here. Well, if you ever want to give me something extra, <laughs> yeah. I got I got one for Jason's new album. <laughs> <laughs> don't open I, the door i only get 30 percent of that gift <laughs> okay okay yeah. he already admitted he's not good at business so, yeah. You know. yeah well dude i love you being here thank you again thank you man thanks for having me knox country thanks for joining us on this episode of the knox country podcast special thanks go out to co-host mr Lacey griffin and producer donnie walker see you next time Country outtakes. We're back with David Lee Murphy. And we haven't burned anything yet. <laughs> Police haven't shown up. <laughs> yet. 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 <laughs> you got a band, same guys yeah. on the road with you, or is it more acoustic shows? No, it's uh it's um I'll show you a picture of us a couple weeks ago. What's on radio? The picture don't matter. Did you tell him yet that there's no radio show that you just wanted to talk with him for an hour? <laughs> <laughs> And then do one the same way, just say Knox Country. Knox Country. This is David Lee Murphy. You're listening to Knox Country. <laughs> Are you new? Well, no. What they do is like sometimes they go, no, just say that. And mm-hmm. they're going to cut. They're going to. Sp- I'm yeah. analog. I got to get the whole okay. line. I don't, I, I don't crop no time. sentences. I know. <laughs> yeah. I'll never win it. <laughs> I'll never win it. Hey, this is David Lee Murphy. This song I wrote with Ben Hayslip and Jimmy Yeary. It's called Only Way I Know. No, I take that back. That was just me and Ben. Screw Jimmy. No, no. Say it again. Oh, you guys got it down, man. This is good. Hey. Nah, let's don't put that. That sounds like <laughs> freaky. <laughs> I wasn't freaky. gonna say anything, but you topped Shane. I just wanna say you know. that's, that's kinda freaky. Let's try it again. Knox Country Podcast Edition.